Hey guys, Skip here again for another episode of Finding Meaning. Uh, I am actually alone in the house, besides the pets. Don't know how long that'll last. It's a rare thing. Um, so maybe I can actually talk at a normal volume. Uh, have begun my uh, senior year at college which really changes my schedule, gives me a little more freedom. Although in many ways I'm much busier, uh, the busyness can be pushed around so I can have time to pay attention to what, to what I'm doing. Uh, I was telling someone this morning uh, that you know life is always busy. It's just it offers different kinds of busy. And, uh, you know... Uh, there is a time for everything, to quote the Old Testament. There's a time to rest. There's a time to do. There's a time to work. There's a time to uh, reap the benefits of your work. Uh, and the human tendency is often to want to stay in one place. And I want to sort of launch off from that idea this morning, the idea that we're not intended to stay in one place. And how we view reality really has everything to do with uh, how we um, move through that as, as people. Uh, one of my favorite writers, one of my favorite lecturers, one of my favorite podcasters is uh, Richard Rohr. Richard Rohr is a Catholic um, priest, psychologist, sociologist, spiritual director, uh, his book, Falling Upward, really was a big uh, impetus. It was a big uh, sort of transitional uh, piece of literature that helped me understand a little bit more, or a lot more, actually, about who I am and what reality is. Now, I never give one author, one, any, one person complete credit because I think that life is about bringing in all the sensory data that we are exposed to, processing it through self-aware processes, and then creating a reality out of it. Uh, let me say that again. Um, for me, Richard Rohr is important. Matthew Fox was important, the writer Matthew Fox. John Spong uh, Bishop John Spong was important. Thich Nhat Hanh was important. Anthony DeMello was important. Uh, you know, Thomas Merton was really important to me. Uh, but so was the movie Little Big Man, the movie Forrest Gump, uh, the song No Hard Feelings by the Avid Brothers. Uh, most of the Avid Brothers' music has been life-transforming to me. Uh, watching my children be born. All that is offered to us in a sensory aspect is processed and, and then put back out. Uh, Richard Rohr says that a mystic is a person who sees the big picture. Let me say that again. A mystic, someone who is spiritually in tune, Someone who is open to the experience of the transcendent, open 
to God or whatever that means, uh, is a person who sees the big picture. And what I mean, and I think what Richard means by big picture is this, that You can see a circumstance, but you can see all the different avenues that lead to the circumstance. You can see, on some level, all the different outcomes of a circumstance. You know how many sides of the story there are, and you don't become entrenched. You don't become stagnant in one set of perceptions or another. And I think that's what a mystic really is. Someone like Thomas Merton uh, who, when I was in the seminary courses of study back, way back 20 years ago, I read a lot of because he helped me understand that I don't need to be dogmatic. I don't need to be rigid in how I think. Remember my last uh, podcast, a couple podcasts ago, was about how fundamentalist thinking is rigid, that you're looking for certainty, you're looking for the fundamental of something. And you become stuck in that rigidity, and then you stop growing. A seed has a hard time pushing through dry ground. It needs water. It needs moisture. It needs flexibility, malleability. It needs to be able to sprout and wiggle its way to the top. And, you know, fundamentalism is that dry ground that nothing grows on. Rigidity is that dry ground that nothing grows on. Flexibility, openness, uh, pragmatic thinking, seeing the big picture, being a person who inclines themselves to diversity, uh, who practices kindness. That's the water that, that really waters the seed. So if you are a person who sees the big picture, and my bet is that on some level you do if you're listening to this podcast, uh, you understand the struggle of what that means to, to live in this world and see the big picture. We turn on our television or we read our particular newspaper or we go to our particular website or, God forbid, we get our news through social media and we see that everyone takes a rigid stand. And some of those stands, some of those concepts, ideas, agree with our morals, uh, our religion, our way of thinking. Some don't. And what happens is we are forced into shrinking the picture down and choosing sides. The world doesn't want us to see the big picture, the false realities that we ourselves have created. It does not want us to see the big picture because it can't flourish when people see the big picture. The, the false realities that we've created, the, the dogmatic realities, the, the rigid religiosity that we create wants the ground to remain dry so that it can conquer that ground. Being a, a mystic, although I'm not sure I'm a fond of that word, but being open to the universe being loving in the universe, being kind in the universe. Watering that soil allows new plants, uh, new weeds, new fruit to come out of the ground of our soul. And that's really what life is. It is about that ongoing transformative growth. 
But what we do is we buy into the dry ground. We buy into that which does not give life, nurture life. And so we see people on television um, fighting over things that are really common sense. You know, a riot is a riot. Uh, A vaccine is something we've all had to live with. A, A political party is just a way in which we can engage. But what we are being, sorry, brainwashed into What the false reality is presenting to us is a rigidity where we have to choose and we can't see the sides of the story. We are having our common sense taken from us because common sense is one of those ways in which we can water the ground of our soul. Uh, I, I will tell you, I have, I've been coaching or I have coached literally for years. I'm not doing it anymore. My kids aren't young enough anymore. My coaching days are over. They ended a couple years ago. But I will tell you, in the 12 years I coached, I guess, uh, roughly, uh, I saw a transition from a willingness of people to learn, of kids to learn, to a closed set of perceptions from children. Now, I don't want to be a, a doomsday guy and say the old times were better. They, they, you know, they had their own challenges. But I think we live in a very unique time because of social media, the things we're exposed to, the shortening of the attention span of all of us. Uh, the ground uh, has been made more dry for the soul, and it has become more difficult to water because uh, we want... Offer. We, are, we are programming so quickly. We are bringing in so much data that we just want answers. We want it now and we want it done. And we want to move on. The problem is there's nowhere to move on to, folks. We can't tie life up into neat packages and set it aside. We can't make deals with the transcendent uh, reality of the universe. Call it what you will. That... That's just not what life is. I'm, I'm staring at an apple tree in my backyard. I don't care for my apple trees, to be honest with you. I always thought I did want an apple tree until I had them. Uh, but uh, the apples, this is September. Uh, the cool is in the air. The apples are getting large. They're falling on the ground and rotting. The tree is processing what it's supposed to be doing. Uh, there's good and bad. Uh, thousands of apples on the tree hundreds of apples on the ground. Uh, It's feeding birds and squirrels. It's making me angry when I have to mow the grass. That apple tree is being the apple tree that it has grown to be. And that's what it means for us. However, the difference is this, as far as I know, that we are conscious beings. We are conscious of our growth and our choices. And therefore, we have to make those choices of growth from the widest possible vision we can have spiritually. We have to be able to say, and I tell my kids this all the time, there are three sides to every story, yours, mine, and the truth. And we have to be able to reject everything that is false, which calls for us to be deeply intuitive, to be self-aware, to be kind, to be generous, to be thinking about things. And so my bet is, 
a definition of mysticism that Richard Rohr gives. And again, I, I hesitate to use the word because I don't want some people to think they're mystics and some not. But the definition of someone who is open to transcendent love is a person who can see the big picture. So I think the question is, you know, and, and this is a question for every day. Do, do I see the big picture? Do you see the big picture? What aren't we seeing? What aspects of each question aren't we seeing? Um, what what uh, avenues of understanding aren't we taking? Now, that sounds exhausting, doesn't it? It just does. It sounds like a lot of work. And you know what? It, it is a lot of work. But what's more work is not doing it. What's more work is living in a false reality that's created through forced ignorance, through looking at politics like it's a sport, through not considering uh, the life of the other, through judging others because of their sexual orientation or color or their economic status. Uh, What is more work is spiritual death. The seed cannot grow through the dry ground of ignorance, of rigidity, of closed-mindedness. The seed cannot appear. The apple tree cannot do its job if it doesn't get the water. We cannot be who we are if we don't get that water, if we don't see that big picture, if we don't do things like practice kindness, seek to love and be loved, seek to forgive and be forgiven, to to be the best we can be, the most authentic we can be every day. So I encourage you, I'll end with that, to to keep looking for the big picture. Keep understanding that you may have your set of beliefs, but that doesn't mean that any human belief is everything there is to understand. We can buy wholeheartedly into believing something and, and still be open to other ideas and other ways of being. The problem happens when we buy into a way of believing that leaves us rigid and dry and lifeless. So, uh, look for that big picture. Water that ground with kindness, generosity, hope, understanding, forgiveness, and watch your life flourish. And I don't mean like you're going to you know, win the lottery if you do this, but I mean there's going to be a deeper satisfaction to your experience because you will be outside, a little bit more outside, of the false realities that we create. Take care, my friends, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.